You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. God sounds alarms, trying to get our attention, trying to get us to repent, to turn around and go back home because He loves us and doesn't want us to be lost. So when God is sounding the alarm, don't hit the snooze button of self-help. Have you ever struggled with patience and grace towards someone who simply refuses to turn from their wayward path? Perhaps you've written that person off and then come to the conclusion that you no longer want anything to do with them. While this is probably more common than we care to admit, Pastor Dion will teach you how our God aggressively seeks the lost. In his study, you'll learn about the many forms of alarms that God uses in order to turn us away from our sin and repent. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 15, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, guys, Jesus' style of teaching grabbed and kept people's attention. He used parables and history and stories and current events. Jesus used illustrations and humor. He got the message across. Look at your neighbor and say, he got it across. In fact, we would all say, when we, if we heard his messages, we would say this, aha, say it out loud, aha, look at your neighbor and tell him, aha. Truly, if we sat there and listened to Jesus, we'd get the message because he had this way of presenting it and communicating it. And in fact, Jesus' Facebook page was trending, and not just with church friends, even hardliners like tax collectors and sinners who rejected and dismissed church were following Jesus. Everybody just give it an applause because that's awesome to know. Hey, listen, Jesus, when he taught, it caught people's attention and people were attracted to him, including hardliners like tax collectors and sinners. Yes, Jesus was popular with the riffraff. They would come out to hear him, and they would listen intently. And, and they would even invite Jesus into their homes for a meal. Everybody say, wow. They would introduce Jesus to their sketchy family and friends. Jesus would hang out with them. He'd eat with these hardliners, these tax collectors and sinners. He would teach them. He would connect with them. Now, the cold and condescending religious leaders, on the other hand, were never invited by these people to their house. Never. So these religious leaders would just linger outside watching and criticizing Jesus. They would send out tweets that dripped with disapproval and disgust. In fact, let's read one of those tweets that they were sending out, these religious leaders. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes, the religious leaders, complained, saying, This man receives sinners 
and eats with them. Everybody, let's do it. Dripping with disapproval and disgust. Jesus saw these religious leaders' hateful and harassing tweets, their posts. He saw the, the, the disappointment and disapproval in their faces. And Jesus could have hurled the sarcasm right back at them. He could have told them something like, my cow died and now I don't need your bull. He could have said that, but he didn't. Instead, Jesus used this. Everybody said, what are they? Parables. Say it again. Parables. So he could have thrown and hurled the sarcasm right back at the religious leaders, but instead, Jesus used parables. Those are stories. He used stories to explain why he was so interested in the so-called riffraff. Jesus used stories to let everybody know this is why I am so interested in sinners and tax collectors. Last week, we went over Jesus' story that he told about a lost sheep. And he reminded everyone of how shepherds willingly leave the 99 to find the one. We also discovered last week in his teaching that Jesus told another story about a lost coin, a veil sequence, and how a bride will relentlessly search until she finds it. And Jesus related that God loves every single lamb, every single coin, every single person, no matter how lost they are. In fact, it says in the Scripture, God our Savior desires all men. Everybody said how many? All men. Not just 99, but all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That ought to make you clap and cheer right there. God wants them all saved. He'll leave the 99. He will search relentlessly for the lost. They are not expendable. They are not irredeemable or worthless to the Lord. God will search and pursue relentlessly to rescue and save the lost. Jesus gave that teaching in front of the Pharisees and and the religious leaders. You know, He gave that teaching. But in case the religious leaders rode the short bus to school, you know, in case... They were a taco short of a combination plate. Jesus gave one more story to explain God's heart regarding sinners. So if the two stories weren't enough, the lost sheep and the shepherd leaving the 99, and the relentless woman looking for the coin of the veil sequence you know, that she dropped, if that wasn't enough to communicate how much God loves sinners... Jesus gives one more story to reveal the heart of God. This last story is filled with drama and emotion. It has the appeal of a daytime soap or a telemundo novella. You know, it's it's got that, that oomph in it. In fact, before Jesus gave the story, Jesus probably put on his announcer voice and said, Conoce más de la historia en la novela. El hijo pródigo, right? 
I know Jesus probably, you know, said it in Hebrew or Aramaic and not Spanish, but, but anyhow, here's the story. Then Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. That's right, go ahead and say, oh. So Jesus, he kind of starts this story. He says, let me, let me tell you this next story. Now, he tells the story of two boys. These two boys were brought up in a godly home by godly parents with all the blessings that that involves. The boys were taught honesty, purity, loyalty. But as they got older, the younger son started rebelling. I don't know, blame it on MTV culture, blame it on peers, you know, bad company. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, everybody read it out loud with me, don't be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Could have been the riffraff friends he was hanging, about, hanging around with. Could have been a girlfriend he was hanging around with. Nevertheless, who knows what the reason, too much television rotting his brain. Something or another conjured up cravings on the inside of this kid for the profane. And the younger son eventually approached his father and said, I can't be waiting until you die. So let's pretend you're dead and give me what's mine. Which was one third of the father's net worth. This was bold, hateful, greedy, selfish, rebellious. In fact, everybody should say, Now, the audacity would have incited anger in those who were listening to Jesus' story. Listen, the gall of this guy. They would have said, what the, the, what? Everybody say, what? Eyes would would glare, jaws would tighten, fists would clench. People were getting hostile. Now, we don't know why the father consented, why he liquidated and gave this kid a third of his his net worth. Maybe it was because of the son's manipulation with suicide. I'm going to kill myself if you don't. Or, I might kill you and mom in your sleep. Who knows what was moving this father to do what he did. Or maybe he consented because, the father consented because of love. He didn't want his son to be stoned by their nosy legalistic neighbors. Because that's what the law required or demanded. In fact, here's the verse, Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 18. Read it with me. If a man has a stubborn, rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother, even though they punish him, then his father and mother shall take him before the elders of the city and declare, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and won't obey. 
Then the men of the city shall stone him to death. In this way you shall put away this evil from among you, and all the young men of Israel will hear about what happened and will be afraid. So maybe the father was trying to spare his son. But whatever the reason, the father liquidated a third of his wealth and gave it to his younger son. The younger son picked up the duffel bag of cash, looked at everyone and said, I'm out of here. And then journeyed to, everybody say it out loud, a far country. Say it again, a what? A far country. A far country. Jesus was implying that this far country is not just geographically far, but spiritually far as well. Jesus is saying that, this, that the young rebel abandoned and betrayed God, the good Father. He wanted to, this, this prodigal wanted to live far away from God. So he sought a new address in a dark and sinful place. In fact, Paul described the transition of a prodigal like this. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, read it with me. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they insisted. They, 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 instead of becoming, they became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they insisted on their own way. So God cut them loose to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's body. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Wow. Everybody say it. Wow. That's exactly what the younger son did. He didn't want a life with the father anymore. He wanted to pursue the lusts of his mind and his flesh. And he went all psychedelic. As they said in northern New Mexico, all psychedelic. Like a tie-dye hippie at a Credence concert. Messed up. You know what I'm saying? Messed up. Everybody said, what? Messed up. Jesus called it prodigal living. Another word is reckless. Everybody said out loud what? That's what the man lived, reckless. Friends, parties, hookers, drugs, idolatry, gambling, affairs. Some would describe it partying like a rock star. And it was fun while the money lasted, but then it was gone. And that's when the prodigal heard this. Everybody say it. An alarm. Say it again. He heard what? An alarm. Let's read it. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe, everybody say it, famine in the land. And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. The alarm went off. Everybody said again, the what? I mean, while the music was blaring and the laughter was booming, 
The prodigal was deaf to God's wake-up calls. Listen, just like your cell phone has a variety of alarm sounds, radar, cosmic, ripples, there's a variety of them, a whole list. Well, God has a variety of alarm sounds He triggers to wake us up when we've gone astray. Sometimes it's an earthquake. Sometimes a tornado. Sometimes a still, small voice. Like it was to Elijah in the Old Testament. He had gotten away from God. He had gone up to hide in a cave. He was depressed and resigned. And God caused an earthquake. God caused a tornado. God even caused a fire. All to, and a still small voice just to get his attention, Elijah's attention. You know what God said? What are you doing here? So sometimes it's those, sometimes that's the alarm sound. Sometimes it's a rooster. Everybody said a what? Yeah, Peter. That's what his alarm clock was. He's on the wrong path, saying the wrong things, going the wrong way. And Jesus had already warned him, when you hear the cock crow three times, then you know. You've bummed out. You've bombed. And there was the rooster. He knew. Sometimes it's a tune on the radio that God uses. A, a, a song on the radio. In this famine, God was singing to the prodigal, Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? Stop living stubborn and senseless. Desperado. Look at your neighbor and tell him that word. Desperado. Tell him. God was singing to this guy. God sounds alarms, trying to get our attention, trying to get us to repent, to turn around and go back home because He loves us and doesn't want us to be lost. So when God is sounding the alarm, don't hit the snooze button of self-help. I'm going to say it again. So when we're in that position and God is sending those alarm sounds, don't hit the snooze button of self-help. You know, we tell ourselves and others, I'll do rehab, counseling, I'll, I'll get a job, I'll handle the mistake myself, thank you. But trying to fix your mistakes on your own never works. Trying to fix the mistake on your own never works. Kind of like the man who was being treated by an EMT in the church parking lot. The guy had two black eyes. The EMT asked him what happened. Well, the man said, during praise and worship, the song leader asked everyone to stand. There was a heavy lady in a dress sitting in front of me, and I noticed that her dress got caught between her butt cheeks. So I figured I'd help her out and reached over and yanked the dress out. And that's when she clocked me with a right hook on my left eye. After she turned around, I wanted to fix my mistake, so I attempted to stick the dress back in. 
That's when she clocked me with the other, with a left hook on the other eye. Trying to fix our own mistakes never works. Here is what the wisest man on earth told us to do. Proverbs chapter 3, it's a verse you like. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Did you see it? Hearing the alarm and turning to God will result in help and healing. Say it out loud in what? Help and healing. But not listening will result in more than a black eye or two. It will end in emptiness and loneliness, bankruptcy and divorce, addiction, unemployment, Homelessness. Regret. Say the word out loud. What? Regret. The prodigal was knee high in slop and regret. Living and eating with pigs. And it was at rock bottom that the prodigal came to his senses. Let's read it. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to, and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants." That's a good place to applause right there, right? In the reality of where he was, slopping hogs, the prodigal did this. Here's the big word. Everybody say, he repented. Repentance is not complaining. And repentance is not blaming. Repentance is acknowledging the wrong and turning back. I like to say it this way, admit it and quit it. Say it out loud, admit it and quit. Look at your neighbor and tell them, admit it and quit it. Think about it. How can God grant pardon, forgiveness, if we don't admit our guilt? How can God grant forgiveness if we don't admit our guilt? As we cling to the simple Jesus' life changed history. When He came to earth, everything people knew shifted, and a new way of interacting with God began. Jesus shows you how to live, how to love, and how to devote yourself fully to sharing the truth of God's Word. As you continue to discover the details of your incredible Savior's life, we pray you long to be more like Him. Seek Him in all you do, and let Him change your heart to be more like His. 
We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in this and the other Gospel books. Ask the Holy Spirit to accompany you as you read and point out the passages that He knows your heart needs to hear. We'd love to pray for you during this series as well, so please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us again next time right here on The Simple Truth. for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we